Welcome to episode seven of the Photology Addiction Recovery and Beyond series. So my guest this week is Hayley from So30, uh, from my IGTV series. And we discuss her sober story. Um, also, she opens up about her condition that she's had to live with and she felt that was a big part of the reasons why that she probably drank from a young age. Um, it's, it's Charcot Mary Tooth condition which affects uh, motor neurons in the brain and damages the peripheral nerves so she talks very openly about how she's had to deal with that but how sobriety has also made her come to terms with with the condition and how she can better look after herself in terms of her own physical mental emotional well-being through being sober so it's a really open and honest discussion and one that can probably relate to a lot of people because I know from my own personal experience as well that I was using drugs and alcohol to, to cover up various uh, physical conditions that I wasn't particularly happy with myself. So listen in, um, if you relate to anything as always, uh, get in touch and hope you enjoy it. Hi. Hello. Hey Sean. How you doing, you right? I'm great. How are you? As yeah, good. Uh, it's about seven o'clock here now, so sort of winding down after a day in the sun. That's why I'm a bit red today. I was going to say you got some sun. <laughs> yeah, I was wearing a I was wearing a white shirt, and I was like, you know what? I'll, I'll end up looking like a lobster if I wear that. Like <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> you look like great. The blue's great. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, how's your weekend been? All right. Yeah, it's been all right. I was at the beach yesterday, too. I didn't get as much sun as you did, but um, it's been super mellow. Like, super sunny here. It was rainy last week, so everybody's out enjoying it. It's great. And it's morning here, so I'm, like, just getting my day going. Oh, nice. Yeah. Lovely. Cool. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for coming on. You know how these things work. So, generally, we'll just talk about your own surprise story. Um, yeah. Strangely enough, you were one of the first accounts that I ended up following and then and that was about four months ago strangely enough and then it's quite nice to now actually have a conversation in sort of over into the live as well um, and then yeah, any questions I'll just, I'll just chuck in as well I, I won't throw any curls in there don't worry okay <laughs> um yeah no that's crazy that i was the first account because i started it four months ago so i think that's so cool we connected right away which is great yeah, no, definitely. And that's the thing, isn't it? I think, for me, Instagram, I wasn't using for sober community before. But then it's completely sort of changed my opinion on using social media in a positive way. Whereas before, I was deleting every social media account I had because I was seeing people get married, be happy, have nice big houses, and I was there just being a, a drug addict going, oh, God. <laughs> so it's nice I can use it in a positive way now. It is. It's totally changed the tables. The tables have turned with Instagram for me. I was the same way. Um, it's such a wonderful world to be a part of now, whereas before, um, it, it wasn't a positive place for me to go, really. But it's just become that, and I love it. Did you actually, I think I saw one of your stories that you went and met someone you'd met on Insta in person. Is that right? Yes! Yes, I did. I met a, a girl. Her name's Haley too. So we instantly connected, and yeah. it was the first time I'd met somebody in real life, um, and it was great. She's super awesome, and it's so nice to meet people in Vancouver, um, where I am in in BC. Uh, 
who also don't drink because all of my friends still do drink. Uh, my boyfriend doesn't, so we we spend a lot of time together, um, which we would anyways, but um, not so much time in that environment with, with the friend group just because we're just not really living the same lives anymore, you know? We still hang out, but uh, it's nice to meet yeah. people who are on the same uh, same path. Yeah, it's, it's a strange one, isn't it? Because you find over Instagram you connect instantly. And then you just think, well, if someone lives near enough, then why wouldn't you want to meet them in person? Because that's my next stage. I'm now going to go meet a couple of people that I've met through Instagram. And that, and that in itself is more powerful than me going to an AA meeting where people don't necessarily want to go to. So, yeah, that's really cool. And it how, is, how did it go? It, it, was, it was honestly great. She lives down the street from me, like eight buildings oh. down coincidentally and we really hit it off i mean i hope we continue to hang out and i have another coffee date this upcoming week so you're right it is nice to meet people in real life because like us we're across the world from each other i'm sure we would meet too if we could um but one day i want to meet everybody that i've been chatting with on here because everybody really is so wonderful and you connect for the same reasons for the you know the right reasons i suppose yeah, and, and that in itself is quite powerful because everyone's on a similar positive path, whereas before I think old friendships and relationships were sort of around drink, and mm. I know from hindsight that the relationship was only around drink, like there, there actually wasn't any sort of connection beyond that, and it's just quite nice to have a conversation with someone that just gets it. That gets it. Yeah. So... Yeah. We'll come back to your boyfriend a bit later. That's one of my questions, funny enough. Um, but if you just sort of go from the beginning and then just talk about your relationship with alcohol and then how you came about stopping. Um, and then there are a few other things, but I think you'll probably bring those up as we, as we go along. Okay, sure, yeah. So um, I have had a roller coaster ride with my alcohol endeavors. I started drinking... Um, around age 13, <clears throat> excuse me, at around age 13, and, <clears throat> sorry, so, um, you're the first person I've talked to today, <laughs> um, so, yeah, age 13, and I kind of learned how to do most things on a weekend with alcohol, I celebrated, I learned to have fun with alcohol, that was, that was fun, it equaled fun, and it continued to in my 20s, and I always knew I probably had an issue with it because I'd be the one that would get the most drug or that people would have to take care of. Not all the time, but, you know, quite often. And it was um, a roller coaster ride through my 20s, but I really started to notice it in my late teens. Um, I suffered heavily from depression. Um, you know, I tried all of the um, antidepressants. Um, from age 18 to probably 24 um, and nothing was helping me and so I started to reconsider okay maybe it's booze however it's tough to do that at such a young age because everybody is drinking and that's how at least in my circle everybody was having fun and I didn't want to let that go I really wanted to live this party girl lifestyle that I'd always always lived and that's how people knew me um, you know, call Haley because she won't say no. You, you know, that's kind of yeah. how the person I became. 
And um, so through my 20s, I started to take month breaks. And I felt so good from doing that. Um, but you know, the next event called uh, or the next party and I was back drinking again. And um, I, I started a new career when I was tw 24, 23 in the film industry. So then I started to use alcohol to cope with meeting people, to getting jobs, um, just networking and networking always involved booze. Um, but still, I was super depressed. I spent days in bed. My family wouldn't hear from me. My friends wouldn't hear from me. Um, and it became kind of scary. And, uh, you know, situations happen where I was just like, okay, this isn't the person I want to be anymore. I don't like this person I've become. Um, something has to change. And finally, at age 28, I decided to do it. Um, I I didn't think of it as, hey, this is forever. And, you know, I still don't think that. I'm sure it will be, but to say forever in your mind is a scary thing. So it's day by day. Um, right now I'm doing really good and I don't think about drinking ever. I mean, alcohol doesn't even cross my mind anymore. I don't feel like I'm missing out because I'm now at a place where I'm confident enough without it that I can celebrate and enjoy and, and be myself without it. And that's something that I struggled with for the first time. And that's what, that's what life should be like anyway, to be fair. The people shouldn't have to feel like they need to drink to sort of live a better life because it's a bit of a counterintuitive, isn't it? Like exactly like you said, it, it didn't get you anywhere. It just got you depressed and uh, didn't get you out of that depressive cycle, I guess. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I mean, I see that now. I see that so clearly now, and I wish that I knew it earlier. But at the same time, I, I don't because I think everything happens for a reason. And I rode that roller coaster for so long because I needed to get where I am now. And I just don't think I would be here and be as happy as I am now without riding those waves. I mean, I really truly believe everything happens for a reason. So, and and I was twenty. I mean, like, I don't know about you, but I like twenties are for experiencing crazy things and learning who you want to be. And finally, at twenty eight, I was like, okay, I know who that person is, and I'm going to be that person for the rest of my life. And I want to be thirty and like have my shit together. And I feel like I do. I'm finally thirty. <laughs> You, you know what, it's, it's funny because I think from uh, a British perspective, and I think it is quite global anyway, but that getting to 30, because we, we grow up in our society where people have got their houses, they've got their wives, they've got their children, and you've generally got your shit together by the time you're 30. So if you're single, you're drinking too much, you're doing too many drugs like I was, and you're getting to 30, like the pressure cooker is even worse then, so you then drink more do more drugs it just gets worse <laughs> right <laughs> isn't that funny so i mean it's similar here although things are changing where people are having kids and starting families at an older age i mean my grandmother my mom my sister they all had kids uh 19 or 20 so i'm the one to break that streak and i think a lot of people around our age are doing the same thing a lot of people aren't but um times are changing a bit at least in in canada and north america so in terms of so how long have you not drunk for then uh i'm almost a year and a half yeah uh i stopped drinking on january 20th and 
uh, January 20th, 2019. So yeah, almost a year and a half, it's, which is crazy because it's flown by. Yeah. And do, do you feel like generally when you do things, you're just a lot more present and just there for what you're like your relationships, for example, you can sort of be more apparent to everyone as it were. For sure. And that's, that was so difficult for me in the beginning. Um, I mean, I hibernated for the first five or six months. Um, and it was summer of last year that I kind of came out, tippy-toed, uh, touched the waters. It was kind of, it wasn't, uh, it was scary. Um, and what was so scary about it for me was that I now had to face myself and my emotions and my thoughts and my feelings and my um awkwardness like I was all I guess I was always an awkward person and I drank to give myself that confidence so I'm I honestly feel like I've been reborn in a way I don't know if you feel like that but I'm just not the person I was or not the person that I learned to be because that person was had a glass of something in her hand for comfort for yeah. um confidence and without having that now um I'm, I feel good now, a year and a half later, but for the first year, it was tough. But I'm present, which is the most important thing. Yeah, so in, in terms of that, because it is very similar to me, like I found I had to go to rehab, but when I came out, I knew that I had to stop drinking. So for me, I sort of knew a few years before that I needed to stop drinking. But the hardest part was the six months afterwards, it wasn't necessarily the drinking. Like I, to be honest, I had such a bad time. I'm quite happy never to see alcohol ever again. But it was the doing things in new situations without being able to go and have a drink. So if you're sad, happy, angry, or whatever, your old habits were to go to the pub. Um, so for me personally, that was quite difficult. Um, so what, what was the toughest part of your first six months or a year then, would you say? Uh... I suppose in the beginning of, of like first month, it was tough for me. The first two months, it was tough for me to say, um, no, I'm not coming because I don't feel strong enough to. Um, it was so helpful to have Jonas, my boyfriend, because we, we could just hang out with each other. So I can't imagine, you know, if I was single and I was going through that, I, I probably would be hibernating by myself. Um, but it was just tough to say no, but I knew that, I was going to stay strong this time and stay alcohol free. Um, it was tough for me just to sit in my own emotions um, and be okay with that and not have anything to numb that, um, not have any booze was, was tough. Although I wasn't a, I was never a daily drinker. I was the every Friday, Saturday, occasionally on a weekday if there was an event or there was something going on. So weekends were spent in bed super early, watching movies. I allowed myself to eat more. I allowed myself to just pig out because I had done this crazy thing, made this crazy decision, and I was just super easy on myself. But it was just sitting with my own thoughts was the hardest for me. Um, it wasn't so hard to be like, no, we can't drink or no, I can't drink, because I was confident enough that I knew this was the decision I, I needed to make for myself. But facing myself was the toughest thing. It, it really was. Yeah, I, I think it's a good point for anyone that does watch these, because these are just a resource for people in early sobriety 
or any sort of stage where they can try and relate. It's actually understanding that you will have to face that loneliness, that pain, that sadness on your own or with another half if you're lucky enough. But that is the whole part where people can sort of relapse because it becomes too much for them. And then they just go in their head, fuck it, and then they start drinking again. So it's quite important to pick those points out because if people can generally visualise an issue ahead, then it makes it a bit easier if they know those things are coming. But sometimes things just hit you like a ton of bricks, um, especially when you're not, you know that you can't go and drink because you don't want to reset all the good work you've done. But that, that's where you get your emotional grip from. So the person that you were a year and a half ago, you're, you're probably this badass now that no, uh, no person's going to fuck with. <laughs> nope. And I mean, I've always kind of been that way. I've had a tough backbone. I don't know if it's because of the way I grew up or what, but um, I'm even tougher now. Um, still trying to find my, still trying to find my voice a bit. I find that in situ social situations, because I used alcohol as a crutch for so long, I'm still finding the the way to just have an like an easy, flowy conversation with people. Um, and that's a year and a half later, so I feel like that will be an ongoing um, challenge for me, at least maybe for the next year. Um, but I think that's also just part of growing up too. Um, yeah. yeah, it's, uh, it's great though. I mean, I, I love, I love this decision. I don't know about you, but I'm like happier than I've ever been, uh, by a long shot. Yeah. The, the, the upsides are the big part of it. And I think it's difficult for people in early sobriety because it's the painful bit that they sort of go through at the beginning. But once you do sort of get that, you're just comfortable in your own skin. I don't know if it's the same for you, but I just generally don't really care what people say anymore because I'm confident that I'm doing the right things in the right ways myself. And my, my whole thing around the drinking sort of old friendships was around what they thought about me. And that always caused me a headache. Um, so now all that's sort of cleared out of the way. Um, it's just a, quite a nice space to live in, like mentally for me. It's that clarity that I've never had. Um, it's really nice. Yeah, it's amazing. Care. It's amazing with the hangovers. Like if I, it's an accumulative effect. So because you're not hungover, you are constantly doing something positive with your day. Even if you have a lazy day, there's still something in there that's going to be positive. But if you have a hangover, uh, with my age, I stopped drinking when I was 31. So by the time I was 31, my hangovers would last all week. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so. The, the, the cycle was quite difficult to break. Um, but you, you touched on your boyfriend. So he, did he, because I remember, I remember you saying something before, did he give up drinking to help with your decision or was it just a joint decision? It, it was a joint decision. Uh, so Jonas and I met at the casino and that's really all I can tell you. It was, it's a super blur because we were both shit-faced to be honest um we were at the roulette table and like something attracted us though and we spent like the first four months of our relationship five months of our relationship drinking you know like socializing like crazy we were always out doing something um and we talked about it like we, it, arguments start for no reason when you're drinking that much and like we just started to clash a bit and we we're like this isn't this isn't right you know, we really like each other and we're behaving like fools, to be honest. Like, what are we doing? And so 
I mean, we talked about our past relationships with alcohol and both of us kind of have gone through ups and downs and have been like crazy party animals. And um, we we're both like, let's stop. Let's just, let's just take a month off. So we decided to do it January after the New Year's um, of 2018 to 19. And we were taking a month off, but I had a wrap party for work and it was a pretty big deal because we had just finished a season or a series of a show. And so I'm like, but I have to drink at that for whatever reason I had to. So we drank that night. And then after that, boom, we stopped and we weren't stopping forever. We were stopping for a month and it turned into six months and it turned into, uh, now forever. And so it was really helpful to do that with him, but we are very much, we are so similar in the ways we use alcohol to, to live our lives. So it was an easy decision for both of us. And it was very, very awesome that, um, we happened to meet each other when we did, because I think we kind of saved each other in a way too. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> yeah. So, so would you say then by getting rid of alcohol that you've actually, how, how do you think that's affected the relationship then? Oh, it's 100% better. I mean, no, that means that it was really bad before. It was great before, but it's even better now. There, there are no silly arguments. Like, we don't fight. If we have a conversation, we'll just have it, and it'll be, you know, over with. Or if we have issues, we just reconcile them immediately. Um, and we've, it's great. A sober relationship is the – can you still see me? My screen went dark. Oh. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's it's great. Uh, and we were together only for four months when we made, or four and a half months when we made that decision. So it's been uh, almost two years. Two years in October. Uh, and I truly believe it was the best decision I could have made for myself, for my relationship. Jonas, I'm not speaking for him, but I'm pretty sure he'd agree. So was his relationship with alcohol quite similar to yours then when you first met? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're very, we're outgoing social people and we were always, you know, drink, drink after drink after drink after drink. So that could have gone really sour with us if we continue to live that lifestyle. One, I don't think we'd be together, to be honest. Um mostly because I didn't like the person I was. I probably would have run, run the opposite way in fear of what this could be because my drunken self never had a good head on her shoulders. And, um, and yeah, it's, it's, it was just the best decision. I, yeah. I don't know. I don't That's know what yeah. yeah. No, it's good. It's because the, the comparison, the, the reason why I was asking the question because I know from my past relationships, they sort of, some of them centred around alcohol, going out, meeting mates, getting drunk, and then going out for dinner, not, not necessarily getting drunk, but drinking. So actually, for you guys to have gone through that, the, the sort of sober transition, but then it just heightens the relationship in all the positive ways, is a, a brilliant advert for any couples that sort of want to do it together, I guess. Um, you, you can start counselling. You can start counselling couples through uh, sober transformation. That could be a new yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. Yeah. No, it's um, 
I, I, I can't say if I'd be here without him, you know, and I want to say I, I would be, but um, I can't imagine how difficult it is to go through this transformation by yourself too. There's, there's benefits and there's challenges to both situations. So like kudos to you, Sean, because I, I right. I, I think you mentioned you're single, so I don't want to be speaking out of, Contact. Oh, yeah. You should bring that up, didn't you? I got dumped before. Look. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. Fine. <laughs> but, but anyone that's doing it single, it's a, it's a challenge. But that's what's so great about the Instagram community. And I will say, if I, was, if I was single and I made that decision, I think that this community would really have helped me through because people are so supportive and so just, they just want to help. And I think yeah. that's so wonderful. <laughs> And it's strange in life, it's very rare that you come across people that just want to help. <laughs> it's true. It's true. And daily, there's new Instagram accounts that are sharing their sobriety stories. And I think that's so wonderful as well, because so many people are catching on to this trend and, and how great this lifestyle is and just want to share their story and help others too. So this Instagram community, I tell you, it's it's like another. I never thought it would be like this, to be honest. I never thought that yeah. Instagram has really helped me. Yeah, and so for me personally, because I, I said to myself at the beginning of the year that I wanted to connect more sober people because I was struggling personally trying to connect in old circles where they were drinking because it was quite evident that. I just am a different person. Like, it's nothing against other people. Like People do what they want. But actually, I was either going to go back into AA or CA, but this has become a lot more sociable for me. And it's not all the negatives I used to find in going to those, I don't have an Instagram. And then it's what you make out of it as well. So like for you, you've actually gone and met other people as well. And I think that's where the real value is in the sort of real social connection. That over social media, you can get addicted to phones and it, it can become a bit addictive. But actually, once you go and meet people and create those sort of friendships, that, that, that's where the real power of the Instagram is, I think. That's true. Yeah, you can hide behind your phone, but it really is nice to see somebody face to face. And there's so, some great groups in the UK, like Sober Girl Society does meetups and, and whatnot. So I'd like to do that in Vancouver eventually as well. Um, of course, times are tricky right now so um maybe sometime over the summer if all holds in terms of the covid <laughs> yeah and that's the other thing yeah it's just been strange at the moment but we've we've literally just opened up a bit more on the fourth so yesterday that's why i got my hair cut <laughs> eventually looks great um oh thank you <laughs> um but yeah so in terms of the, there are a few other things that we're going to talk about um because I just want to try and link, and don't only talk about what you're comfortable but I want to try and link the sort of mental health, because I know a lot of people, myself included, go through mental health issues, whether it's anxiety, stress, depression. Um, but when you were going through that at a younger age, was that linked to what, you know, we, were, we said that we were going to talk about certain things, so yeah. sort of the diagnosis when we were younger. But, and again, just talk about what you're happy with. Yeah, I mean, I grew up uh, with one parent. My father was never in my life. And in fact, he came back into my life when I was 19, which is why that's when 
my depressive states were really, really strong um, at that age, at 19. But I grew up with one parent and a sister who was eight years older, who's here, hi Lauren. Um, and so it was just me and my mom, which was so wonderful. I mean, she was my father, she was my mother, um, but that is tough on a kid um, in itself. And I'm sure it was super tough for my mom as well. I really, really know that more now as an adult, um, what she went through. but. I was also diagnosed with a, um, a neuropathy when I was 15. So I think the combination of being raised um, with one parent who did her best, but that's tough. I mean, like, how, how do you raise two kids um, as a single parent? I, it floors me. I'm so in awe of people who do that. Um, but then the diagnosis too at 15, when I'm in the like heart of my drinking, I'm, I'm in school, um, friendships are like, you know, you're, and I'm a female trying to figure out myself and who I want to be going through puberty and all that fun stuff. I was diagnosed with a pretty serious illness and I was told that I could be in a wheelchair for the rest of my life. I mean, so that's all I heard. Um, it's called CMT and it's a neuropathy that affects the peripheral nerves, which are outside of the, the brain and the spinal cord. So basically I walk a little different because I've lost the muscle in my calves. So to be told that at 15 and then it's a, it's a progressive disease too. So 15 years later, I'm still dealing with this and I will for the rest of my life, but um, that's a lot of heavy shit to go through as a teenager. And then I really think that I started to tumble and I started to use alcohol and other things to deal with, to deal with all this shit that had been thrown my way. And instead of dealing with it in a healthy way, I looked to alcohol, you know, and I was a kid, so that's just, that's just how I dealt. Um, and I think that, yeah, that had a lot to do with my relationship with alcohol as well, because I was dealing with the fact that I'd been dealt this card, this hand in life, and that I had to, yeah, I, it's, it's kind of a hard thing to talk about. I've never really talked about this before. Like, that's ever, fine. So. That's it's, the thing is, it's, it's, it's brilliant from the point of view for helping other people relate because obviously getting that news when you were young mm. is linked to the reason why you probably drank. But then also on the flip side, the beautiful side of it is that you've stopped drinking. And do you think that's any had an impact on the sort of, well, the, the progressive illness, as it were? Ha has it made it easier for you to deal with it because you're not hungover and any of the potential side effects from the alcohol, I guess? Uh, yeah. For sure. I mean, Sean, the first 15, first, what was, uh, 13 years, I, I didn't even know what I had. Like, I wouldn't even research it. I was like, if I don't know, if I don't, if I don't read about it, it's not true. If I don't talk about it, it's not true. And so, yeah, I mean, now that I'm in this, this sober state of mind, I actually take the time to research a bit more. And like, I have a an appointment in the summer to talk to a specialist about it to see what my options are um and i didn't do that when i drank i drank to forget i drank to forget that i was 
a slower walker that I couldn't wear the same shoes as like my friends. It, it was, it was tough. But now that I'm, now that I'm sober, I'm like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to see what my options are. I'm going to like make the best life for myself. So that's great. I mean, and, and I have a super supportive partner and it, it really couldn't have been the best. It was the best decision I could have ever made for myself. Hands down. I was just so unhappy and I was always making excuses and I just didn't like the person I was. And for me to say, Hey, I have this disease. Ask me about it. I don't know a thing. It's pretty, it's a pretty crazy thing. You know, you yeah. got to face these things head on instead of hide from them, instead of hiding from your mental illness and using alcohol to cope. Like that's not healthy. And that, that was never healthy for me. And I just became a shitty, angry person and it wasn't nice. So now being sober, I can be the person I want to be and make all these decisions in a sober state of mind. Um, and it's great. I mean, it's tough because I actually have to sit and think about these things and think about why I drank in the first place. But um, it's, it's life. We're meant, to, we're meant to feel these things. We're human. We're, we're given these, these cards and we're, we're meant to play the game of life in a sober state. <laughs> yeah, and, and honestly, a massive kudos to you because you could have just carried on drinking and forgetting about it. But actually, I know from my other personal health problems before where I've just ignored it. I ignored it for two years and I just carried on drinking and drugging because mm. in some ways, that is quite a dangerous place to be when in the back of your head, you just don't care. So actually for you to get sober and then to start researching it and then actually going, look, I need to do, I need to do this for myself. That, that's the biggest thing that people can try and use alcohol to mark. So there's, it's amazing that you've managed to um, get to that point where you feel comfortable and you want to just do these things for yourself. I think that's one of the biggest things of sobriety. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's tough though, isn't it? It's not it's not a walk in the park. I, I want to say that it's it's all always rainbows and butterflies, but <laughs> it's not. <laughs> but I I mean we're meant to feel these things and um, and think these thoughts and and be these people we are without having. Uh, alcohol or drugs or whatever it is that you use, um, changing that, changing the people that we are and who we're meant to be. I mean, who's to say who we're meant to be? We make those own decisions for ourselves. But um, I'm just happy that I, I, I looked at the life I was living and, and made the decision um, when I did. Uh, but I, I was chatting with Heather from ditch the drink before and she's like you're so young you're only 30 <laughs> like you made this decision and i'm like yeah i, I mean i guess I, I did make it at 28 and you made it at 31 like those the, those are young ages to to make such a a big change in your life but look at the lives we're gonna live now because of it you know i think it's yeah it's pretty amazing and, and, and that's the big thing actually because a lot of people think um well i know from my experience of going to AA. AA is generally older, and people have lived in this sort of chaos for 40, 50, even 60 years before they've actually done anything about it. So to do it at such a young age, like my age was 31, and 
I now don't really have that thing about age anymore. Like I'm, like I'm 34, but I don't think about my age as an issue because I eat healthy, I train, and I just generally do everything because I want to do it, and it's putting me in a positive light. Whereas I could have just carried on drinking and drugging and forgetting about all the shit that I was in and various other things going on. So it is a very beautiful thing, but like you said, life still happens. These things can still happen to people. You have no control over that. And that's I think we're both quite similar in that the universe will do what the universe does. Like we have no control over how it operates. But all you can do at the end of the day is try and do the best by you, which is exactly what you've done for yourself in terms of giving up the booze and living your best life as it were now truly yeah i mean look at what we faced in the past four months you know i at least we can be healthy with ourselves and keep our mind in a positive place um and and let the universe do its thing i i started this meditation challenge as soon as um the pandemic was announced and i was let off work and i found that so helpful um I don't, do you meditate? So this reminds me actually, because you introduced me to the science of well-being course that we did. I've completely forgot about that. Oh yeah. Um, because I got my certificate from Yale now. Thank you. <laughs> yes, we're Yale students. High five. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, but that was really interesting because that sort of gave some sort of life hacks like savoring, being kind, gratitude. I got my journal and that keeps my shit together every day. But meditation, I did my first proper guided meditation the other day, and I came out walking on clouds. It was insane. Really? That's great. Yeah. yeah. But it's, you it's, you did the Jay Shetty one, didn't you? Uh, oh, I did, yes. Well, I didn't, I didn't follow through with his whole one. Um, I don't know why, because it was over a phone. Um, I did the 21 Days of Abundance Challenge with Deepak Chopra that a friend invited me to do. So the there was a daily challenge um, and then a daily meditation of just five minutes, five to ten minutes. But I came out of that, I just felt so amazing. And I'd never been one to meditate. I always thought that I wouldn't be able to turn my mind off. Um, that's changed a lot in my, in my alcohol-free life. But um, I, I just found that so grounding and peaceful and calming to the mind, too. I mean, the thoughts still come in and out, but that's what's meant to happen. You just let them flow through. Um, you're not just supposed to sit in silence and not think about anything at all. I, I, I just really found it helpful. And that Science of Wellbeing course, too, that was great. I mean, I feel like I could go through it again and learn things more. Um, yeah. I would go through my notes. I took a, a ton of notes, but I, I really like that. Yeah, I, I think, you know what, I'm actually going to try and regurgitate that and do it as a four-week course. <laughs> um, yeah. Because it, it works. Like, there, there's no getting around the facts. I feel so much more consistent in my mental health because of um, doing the gratitude journal. And mm -hmm. you, you buy the book, mm -hmm. and, and you put it next to your bed. So as soon as you get up, you do it. And as soon as I go to bed, I do it. So the habit's already there. But the, the big one that I came across was just doing little acts of kindness. That was the thing that's made me feel so much better about myself. 
And it's not because I never used to do anything, but actually just thinking about saying, oh, do you want help with this or do you want help with that? Actually goes a long way for me to think, you know what, I'm not this horrible person that I thought I used to be. Um, so thank you for introducing me to that because it's, it's opened my mind up to a lot of things, which is always um, good. I'm so happy that, yeah, I'm so happy that you saw that and that you took it. That's so wonderful. And the acts of, yeah, the acts of, act of kindness, acts of kindness is, is a wonderful thing too. And I love the savoring. I, I find that, I mean, watching a television show, we now, because they're all available to us, we'll just like binge all of them. But then you don't, I never remember what I watch. I don't savor what I've watched. So if someone asks me like something about a character, I, I have no idea what they're talking about. So I really try to savor my television when I watch it, only watch one episode here and there, or like eat food and savor it. Cause sometimes I'll just like devour all of my food at once. And then, I, and then I didn't really enjoy it, you know? So I love that part of it as well. Yeah, brilliant. So in terms of what the future holds for you, have you got any exciting plans in sobriety? Because I'm, I, I like to talk about the, the afterlife, as it were, as well, because I think some people sometimes can just think sobriety is the way of life. But I think sobriety gives you life to then go and do whatever it is you want. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, I mean... It's funny to, to have a page that's geared towards sobriety, mostly because I want to help others. In my, but in my stage of life right now, I mean, I, I this is just me, you know, like I don't introduce myself. Hi, I, I'm sober. Like, I, that's just me. Um, and I don't think about it, really. I mean, I do because of Instagram. But during the rest of my day, I don't think about my my alcohol-free life because that, that's just my life so i've really i've really come to love um um i mean i always enjoyed having a glass of wine or a beer especially a beer um and i like that i can do that without alcohol now um i know not everybody can do that because it's a trigger for them um but I'm really into that world. Like I want to explore alcohol-free beverages in Canada. We don't have that many options. So, so, uh, I know the UK has a ton and I, I want to try all these ones and the States too, but, um, we just don't have them here yet. So I think I'm going to push towards that world and that industry. Um, and I really want to share with people that you can live the social life and you can indeed have a glass of something red. And it won't cause anxiety. It won't cause regrets. It won't cause sloppy behavior. You can socialize and be the person you want to be without all those negative side effects. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to explore that world. But I'm I'm off for the summer still. I don't think I go back to work until about September. So I want to explore my province because we can't leave or explore the country. Actually, I think we can cross provinces now and um just enjoy the summer with an alcohol-free beverage in my hand yeah. and you're in a beautiful part of the world as well aren't you uh yes i i really do love it here in vancouver it's um right on the ocean we got the trees there's mountains you know and it's a really fun place to explore as well um so, so. Are, you, are you near are you oh, i don't think you're near it is it cam loops is that near you 
Yep, Kamloops is about four hours away. So that's near uh, Banff Springs. Banff? It's, well, no, that's like not eight or nine hours away. Banff is in Alberta, um, which is the province next to British Columbia. And it's beautiful. Like the Banff Springs Hotel, is that what you're talking about? Yeah, because I used, before I set this life coaching business up, I just tried setting up a luxury golf travel business. So I was doing all packages to Canada. So I sort of know Canada quite well, but I've never actually been. The next time, I'm going to go over, I'll play golf, and then we'll go and meet you. We'll have a coffee. <laughs> yes, let's do it. I can't wait for that. Nice. Yeah, lovely. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's, it's interesting, actually, the point you bring up about this alcohol-free beverages. Now, there, there, there's a divide, okay? So there's me. I, I have no opinion. So my opinion is I'm happy for what makes anyone turn to a better life for themselves. Mm -hmm. But then on the flip side, I've been brought up through AA. So I was only in AA for a year, but they hit home about the horror stories of relapses throughout the whole free beverages. Now, I, I don't think there's a real argument between it because I never liked the taste of alcohol. I only drank alcohol because I had self-confidence issues and I needed, I was that awkward person as well. I, I needed alcohol to fit in. Um, but it's interesting. So you, in terms of your alcohol-free lifestyle, that is, you still drink the same types of drink that you would have done when you were drinking alcohol? I, I certainly didn't in the first year. Um, uh, in the first six months, no, because last summer I went to a wedding and I drank alcohol-free beers. Um, but I always, I always enjoyed beer. I drank vodka to get, to get drunk or tequila to get drunk, and I certainly don't want to drink a replication of <laughs> I, 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 don't think that, I don't think the, the lever do a tequila alcohol free version because you have to question someone's sanity for that yeah no but but I, I really do enjoy a beer um and I wouldn't when I was a drinker I would enjoy a beer and I, I could occasionally stop at that overall no I would drink and I would continue to drink but um I did enjoy the atmosphere of having a beer on a patio or having a glass of wine with friends um, and I've learned about a year into my sobriety so for the last six months or so um, I can enjoy that and and I really want people to know that are questioning their relationship with alcohol currently that there is you can still live that lifestyle without without the negative side effects and I know it there's a divide because it's like well why would you want to drink that if that's what you're trying to avoid. For me, I'm not, I, I, I don't have negative, I don't have a negative relationship with, um, with a glass of wine or a beer. Um, so I, I, I see, I see what you mean about the divide. Um, I, 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 I guess it's a bit different. I guess if you were heavily addicted to alcohol, then you get clean through avoiding it, then potentially it's always mentally going to be a bit easier if you don't. But I'm sort of on the fence now because of all the range of stuff that's coming out in the UK. I don't know whether it's because I follow a lot of sober people and they're sort of posting up their alcohol-free alternatives. So I'm just sort of brainwashed into thinking. Um, but even I'm potentially, like, because I know myself, it's difficult. I think this is where people are. It's just difficult because if I, I couldn't 
see if I had an alcohol-free beer that I then relapsed, for me, that would be disastrous. And I think that fear has come from AA um, because it's like anything. If there's no alcohol in it, then that's fine. I won't start acting like a complete nutcase. <laughs> um, and it's, yeah, it's interesting. Like I, I watch the alcohol-free market quite a bit just to see what's out there, um, mm-hmm. to see if it would change my opinion. But I'm still being a bit stubborn at the moment. I'm not really putting pressure on myself. So. Yeah, I mean, that's, and that's totally okay, you know. I mean, everybody's alcohol-free path is so different. Um, and and that's also something that uh, I love about this this new wave of people who are deciding alcohol isn't for them. Maybe not because they're addicted, but because they just don't like the feelings it gives them or um, having a headache the next day or um, having the anxiety. A lot of people, and I see on Instagram too, they're like, I never felt like I was an alcoholic. I just didn't like my relationship with it. And, and so um, there are options for them too, you know, that like you can still live the life that you had been living um, and you don't have to have the anxi- anxiety or you don't have to have the headache the next day. There are options for you. But again, it's not for everybody. But I'm finding more and more now, like the millennial generation and even the generation under that, they don't like alcohol um, or uh, that's what I'm hearing that a lot of younger people are uh, that are avoiding alcohol so so yes let's I, I'm all for I'm all for awareness of these drinks in place of alcohol for people who don't necessarily have an addiction to it but just want to change the way that their social lifestyles um, they live their social lifestyles um, so I totally see both points and and it's interesting for me to be like a, a sobriety account, but then go, oh, but I still drink a glass of red. That's okay for me because it doesn't cause the issues that I'm avoiding from alcohol in the first place, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, to be honest, I, I think it's a, it, it is a non-argument. I think the alcohol-free market is there to serve a slightly newer generation of people. Um, it is the way that I view it because it's, it's new to me. And like you were saying about the millennials and below them as well, because I, I, I was brought up just going to the pub all the time. So when I was 13, my first experience of going out was going to the pub um, and they had no alcohol-free beers. <laughs> That's just the way England was. Then. There was nothing. I mean, it's still, still you go to a restaurant and they don't have too many options, but that's what I want to change. I want to change that social lifestyle let's go to the pub but let's have a, an alcohol-free beer like that environment is great for people still but they just don't want the side effects that come with it so let's just have more options for people because not everybody wants alcohol in their system um and that's, you, that's you and... there we go Sorry. um i was about to say you you and jonas should bring out your first alcohol-free beer you should brew your own beer that's what I want to do. I really want to do that. <laughs> I think it's just so cool. Like, I just love these options. I just love that people are choosing to say no to being drunk. Because, gosh, drunk is not pretty. I just saw a video of a woman who was so incredibly intoxicated. Um, I don't know if you saw it. It was circling yesterday. Um, and she started to, like, run into the front of this business that had kicked her out because of her intoxication level. <laughs> 
and she just started running her body into it and smashing into the glass and she knocked herself out and i, I it's just like it's just not, yeah yeah <sighs> i think i think i can relate to the video because there's probably about 20 videos of me somewhere doing something similar and i have no recollection of it <laughs> it's true imagine imagine knowing how many photos or videos are out there of you like cams security cameras like oh gosh so much stuff out there i'm sure yeah. <laughs> yeah. brilliant um well I think, yeah, we've covered a lot. We went a lot deeper than I thought as well. So th thank you very much for sharing everything. Um, oh, yeah. Because yeah. It's, it's brilliant. Like, I think for me, the, the benefit of doing these videos is purely for people to view them, to listen to various people's stories, because they might not relate to one of the other ones I've done, but they might actually have quite a similar path to yourself. And then that's what gets people thinking um, about turning sober. And then obviously us talking about the sobriety life and loving it helps sort of in help get people along the path i guess mm -hmm. i think it's wonderful that you do this it's so awesome it's nice to see people's stories because again they're all different everybody quits for their own reasons um it's just beautiful let's spread the word how great this lifestyle is and that it's for everybody yeah and it's free <laughs> that doesn't cost a thing it's free. Oh my gosh. I'm, I've saved so much money. I don't know about you, but gosh, I was spending a lot. Yeah, to be fair, like the, the big benefit for me is that I left my old corporate job. So I would never have left my corporate job if I wasn't so clear in my own head about where I wanted to go in my life and be able to start up my own business. Because if I was still hungover, I would never have done any work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, alcohol-free cheers to that my friend coffee cheers yeah, to definitely. that yeah it's amazing <laughs> congratulations that's a really big step yeah it's stressful but it's one of those things I think once you go through the initial year year and a half two years of sobriety you understand various emotions are going to come and go so you can handle stress better it's just we, we need the gyms to open up in the UK again because I need to hit some weights <laughs> Yeah, so the bars are open, but the gyms aren't? Well, welcome to the UK government. This is how we run the country. <laughs> <laughs> oh. It's similar here. I think it's similar here, yeah. Okay. Brilliant. Um, well, thank you very much for coming on. Um, I'll tag you in the video in a minute. Um, I might also put this for a podcast as well, if you're happy with that. So sure. I'll release that in probably about four or five weeks' time, but I'll, I'll send you the link again as well. Um, that's awesome. And then hopefully, hopefully in a while we'll have another catch up. Yeah, that'd be great. This was awesome. Thank you so much for the invite. No, brilliant. And uh, yeah, well, like I said, you're the first account I follow. So it's, it's brilliant to finally have a chat with you. That's so cool. I love that. Well, uh, we'll continue cool. to be friends and one day we'll, we'll cheers in real life. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Brilliant. Thanks very much, Hayley. All, all the best. Good night. Yeah, you too. Take care. Bye.